So I'm calling the, the topic tonight, Helpfulness versus Compassion. And um, it's interesting. I mean, one, you know, when we're being helpful, of course, one, one way to look at that is we're being generous. Generosity, of course, is one of the paramitas of the Buddha, one of the perfections of the Buddha. And, and I always think it's worthwhile to point out, you know, we live in a society in which generosity almost automatically has this, you know, a, a monetary kind of connotation. But really the most important parts, most important kinds of generosity are emotional generosity. You know, making space for somebody, hearing somebody's perspective, you know, giving them the benefit of the doubt. There's, there's so many kinds of emotional generosity that are so important. And so we think of generosity in the sense of a paramita. Um, you know, of course, a Buddha is would be completely generous, completely giving, without any strings attached, you know, no attachment to outcome. You know, this, it's this very high bar of what it is to give. And it's very interesting, I, as I was exploring this, um, this topic, I was also researching, you know, what would the other side be? What does it mean to be too helpful, you know? And, and of course, all my, my searches in this direction um, called up web pages talking about codependence. Um, and codependence is interesting. I mean, um, you know, so someone who is being helpful in a codependent way, of course, there are plenty of strings attached. There's, you know... I, I don't approve myself, so I'm going to give so that you approve of me, you know, this sort of thing, or, or I have, have needs that I don't want to speak, and what if I give to you, maybe you'll satisfy my needs without saying so, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I'm sure, you know, there, there are certainly full pe- there are people who are in full-blown codependence throughout their life, but um, I think it's, there's something fundamental about codependence that, that speaks deeply to our human situation. You know, I don't know that any of us can say when we give, we give in a, an entirely Buddha-like way, you know, with, with um, you know, no attachment to outcome, no, you know, that sort of thing. And so it's very interesting. Um... You know, and there's so much that is interesting about being helpful, about wanting to be helpful, because because uh, often that's a that's a head plan. You know, there's there's expectations, there's um, you know, there's a picture in our head and a plan about how it's going to go. And it's and an, another interesting side of it is I th- I think we all have the experience also how difficult it is to ask for help, how difficult it is to receive help. And and I don't know whether it's something more about our culture in particular or more about just the human situation, but, you know, there, there are moments I think we've all had when we're desperately in need of help, but it's the last thing in the world that I'm going to admit to anyone, even the person very well equipped to help me, you know. And, you know... So sometimes when we're trying to be helpful, we're on the other side of that. You know, we're 
we're we're offering something and it's the last person that last thing that that other person wants to receive you know and so helpfulness in many ways we 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 run into limits with with being helpful um And it's, you know, our, our helpfulness can be, as it were, frustrated. Um, and by contrast, compassion, and of course, compassion is always something available to us. Compassion is what the Buddha called, you know, what Buddhism calls one of the four illimitable minds, one of the four mind states without limit. These are love, compassion, joy, and equanimity. And the idea is that these four, if we, we follow any one of them authentically, it takes us beyond the limits of ego. You know? Um, and so there's something, there's something deep about compassion. It, you know, how can I say? Helpfulness is very much an ego creation in the ego realm. Whereas compassion is something that ultimately drops down deeper than ego. And, and has a power that transcends the power of ego. Um, you know, one very interesting kind of being helpful concerns advice. And it's, um, you know, it's a funny thing because I'm sure there's there's a lot of advice given in the world that has you know, what, it's much more about the person needing to give it than it is the person's need to receive it, you know. Um, and it's a tricky thing, I think, for, for those of us who have been meditating a while or doing the work for a while. You know, I think we've all had the experience of people wanting our advice and people sometimes even asking for our advice, you know. And so it's a tricky thing, you know, when is our advice something that is really needed and when is when is it just more noise in the world, you know? And again, all the all the questions about attachment also. When is it about really what the other person needs, or when is it you know you know my own attachment, how wise I think I am, you know that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I'm just I'm. Sh- I'm struck by many of the paradoxes around helping and wanting to help. And, you know, I think we've all had the experience of wanting to help and not being able to help, you know, um, for any one of a, of a thousand different reasons, you know. And there's something ultimately very humbling about that um, and very grounding, you know. It's, uh, the poet David White talks about, um, you know, Humiliation is inevitable in life, and and actually, you know, there's something very healthy about just being open to humiliation. Humiliation is what brings us back down to ground, you know. Uh, Humiliation ultimately comes from the Latin humus, earth, about putting us back on the earth. So I'm going to read a Zen story. This is a Zen story with a very interesting perspective on about giving. Um, so this concerns the Zen master Saisetsu. Saisetsu was was born in China, um, 
in the 13th century and presumably fled China because of the, the persecution of Buddha, Buddhism during the Song Dynasty, fled to Japan and, and set up as a, a Zen teacher in Japan. Well, the master Saisetsu uh, was the master of Engaku in Kamakura. He required larger quarters since those in which he was teaching were overcrowded. Umezu Seibai, a merchant of Edo, decided to donate 500 pieces of gold called Rio toward the construction of a more commodious school. This money he brought to the teacher. Saisetsu said, all right, I will take it. Omezu gave Saisetsu a sack of gold, but he was dissatisfied with the attitude of the teacher. One might live a whole year on three Rio, and the merchant had not even been thanked for 500. In that sack are 500 Rio, hinted Umezu. You told me that before, replied Susetsu. Even if I'm a wealthy merchant, 500 Rio is a lot of money, said Umezu. Do you want me to thank you for it, asked Saisetsu. You ought to, replied Umezu. Why should I, inquired Saisetsu. The giver should be thankful. And so there's a lot there, certainly. And, you know, at one level it's, you know, you're being, you know, the the giver is being unburdened by um, material possessions, which ultimately in Buddhism are something that drag one back. Um, but it also was kind of a skillful way to just, to to counter many of the expectations that the mer- merchant Umezu had, you know. Boy, if I give, I'm going to be thanked. Boy, if I give, look at what a good person I am, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and it, again, it's fascinating. It holds up a mirror to us. What are all the little ways that we're looking for moral credit in what we do, you know, looking for, uh, you know, proof of look at what a good person I am. So I'll share the quote sheet now. First, I'll share it in the chat. with the zoomies and then with the roomies. So I have the Zen story at the top. From the preacher Philip Brooks. The truest help we can render an afflicted man is not to take his burden from him, but to call out his best energy that he may be able to bear the burden. Maria Montessori, the great educator, said, Never help a child with a task at which he feels he can succeed. You know, and that's about education, but, you know, of course, it's a great question. Never, never help anybody at a task at which they feel they can succeed. Carl Jung said, we must be able to let things happen in the psyche. For us, this is an art of which very few people know anything. Consciousness is forever interfering, helping, correcting, negating, never simply leaving the growth process of the psyche 
of the growth of the psychic processes in peace. It would be simple enough if only simplicity were not the most difficult of all things. All this ways that we become fixers and helpers to ourself, you know, instead of having just compassion for ourselves. Psychologist Fritz Perl says, don't help your patients, frustrate them, push them back into their impulse impasses where they have nowhere to turn. Make them push right through their impasses. Charlotte Joko Beck said, Life always gives us exactly the teacher we need at every moment. This includes every mosquito, every traffic jam, every obnoxious supervisor or employee, every illness, every loss, every moment of joy or depression, every addiction, every breath. Every moment is the guru. Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh said, In your hopelessness is your only hope. In your desirelessness is your only fulfillment. And in your tremendous helplessness, suddenly the whole existence starts helping you. So a very interesting perspective on getting the help we need. The Dalai Lama said, There is only one important thing you must keep in mind and let it be your guide. No matter what people call you, you are just who you are. Keep to this truth. You must ask yourself how it is you want to live your life. We live and we die. This is the truth that we can only face alone. No one can help us, not even the Buddha. So consider carefully what prevents you from living the way you want to live your life. Very confronting. Bruce Lee said simply, if you want to learn to swim, jump into the water. On dry land, no frame of mind is ever going to help you. John Amodio said, it takes discernment to distinguish codependence from basic human caring and compassion. Tremendous discernment, I would say. Dean Ornish said, I found that if I tell somebody, eat this and don't do that, it's, it's not only not helpful, it's counterproductive because even more than being healthy, we want to be free and in control. And as soon as somebody tells us to do something, there's a tendency to do just the opposite. David White said, people offer you the help you need, something that is impossible for you to do yourself, and you take it as an injury to your character and your ability, rather than just saying, thank you, I really needed that. I'll tell you a great micro-discipline every day is to think of something and someone whereby you need to ask for real help. F.M. Munzes says, A man who needs you will not come to visit you in the middle of the night. If he is there, he definitely wants you to, wants to stop you from being helpful. Steve Phillips Walker said, when a person is consumed by codependency, they define themselves through the help they give to the other party in the relationship. The care they provide is what gives their life purpose and meaning. Take it away and they struggle to function independently. In a sense, they are reliant on the other person and their role as a caregiver forms a crutch upon which their existence is based. A truly caring person, on the other hand, makes a conscious choice when they help someone. They do not need to assist others, but they do it because they see it as the right thing to do. 
Such individuals may be described as caring, but they do not allow this to become their raison d'etre, or their reason for being. Codependents put so much emphasis on helping the other person because they have an insatiable desire to feel needed. They often mistake the other person's dependence on them as a committed, loving relationship, although it can happen in friendship and family settings, too. So a lot about codependence there. Anne Ross said, There's no virtue in doing something for someone when it's something you also want to do. That's merely being helpful, but it's hardly commendable. A real virtue is doing something you don't want to do, but doing it because someone else wants it. And Sharon Martin says, true help isn't given because we want to help, not because we feel like we have to or because we feel guilty we don't. True help is an enabling or an effort to help people avoid consequences. And if it doesn't foster dependence on doing things for others, they can't, they can't do for themselves.